Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Happy TGIF, it's me, Dan Co, keeping you company on your money. And joining us to break down the latest market actions this Friday morning, it's Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning and happy Friday, Dan. Happy Friday. You feeling the Friday spirit? Mm, yes, it's almost there. I can smell it. It's the Friday feeling. All right, now, first word of the day goes to Elon Musk and it comes as the US Securities and Exchange Commission is seeking to force Elon Musk to testify and that's investigating the billionaire's purchases of Twitter's shares ahead of his takeover of the social media platform. Tell us more about this Twitter probe and why is Elon Musk being being forced to testify? Yeah, this really stretches back quite some time. So the, the SEC began its probe in 2022 in April and this was around you know, all the allegations that Musk was not forthcoming in disclosures, at least not according to SEC standards. So this is where um, he has been going through quite a few rounds already of meeting up with the SEC to give his testimonial. And also the SEC has already been requesting thousands of documents from Elon Musk in the past few months. So the latest round, he kind of had enough. He was supposed to testify last month, but he failed to appear. Mm. So this is why now you've got a bit of a tug of war, so to speak, because Elon Musk is saying, hey guys, you've already talked to me so much. You've already interviewed me so much. I pretty much don't have time to do this anymore. Mm. Whereas the regulators are saying, hey, you still need to do this because apparently they don't have enough information that they need to uh, get to process the uh, case against him. Yeah, I mean, it's the world's richest person and he's overseeing six companies. So to have to go back as well, I mean, I would understand given his schedule, it might be difficult for him to go back. Now, just a little bit of a backdrop of uh, what really, really happened is because earlier in 2022, Musk first purchased a 9.2% stake in the social media platform and then he disclosed the stake to the SEC back in April as well. While the agency rules that it is required for most people who buy more than 5% of a, of, of a public company to disclose it within 10 days. So that is the reason why they wanted him back in court. But it looks like it's not all roses for X as well because recently a judge ruled that the company must pay $1.1 million in legal fees that's racked up by a group of the social media platform's former top executives, including the CEO as well. So Ryan, tell us more about this lawsuit against X and how might this affect Yakarino's goal of being profitable by early next year? Yeah, it's not just a former CEO, but also Twitter's former general counsel. So their top lawyer as well, asking for money. Um, apparently, Twitter did not pay them. Well, some uh, finger-pointing and blaming here going on. Apparently, Twitter does not believe they owe them anything, whereas you know these guys say they are out of money unfairly. So, of course, legal expenses yeah. will all add up and already Twitter is trying to revive its fortunes. Yeah. So now, the company called X is having to deal with all these legal issues when it needs to be 
no, reviving its mm. business, which is already seeing so much pressure in the past few years. It needs to make money in what is already an increasingly competitive social media landscape. And if you look at what TikTok is doing, what the other social media platforms are doing, they don't have all these issues. And it's just a bigger hole for Twitter to dig itself out of before they can even start thinking about making money normally in a sense. Mm. So it has to get rid of all its baggage, so to speak. Yeah, a lot of baggage uh, from X's X. Huh? Uh, I suppose yeah. so. <laughs> All right, that's good. Sorry for that. But <laughs> let's turn our attention over to the world of jeans. And one company that has recently reported poor performance because of the historically hot summer. And that's none other than Levi Strauss. Ryan, are jeans out of fashion? I suppose it depends where you are. Mm. And if it's a place where it's hotter than usual, then yes. Because in some places, most people would not like to wear jeans mm. in hot weather. I'm not sure about you. Do you like to wear jeans when it's hot? Uh, I'm okay to wear jeans. I'm not... Is that why your jeans are full of holes? Yeah, exactly. That's why. So we that's better air ventilation there, yeah. you know? So <laughs> some folks have um, ways around it. But in most places, they don't want to wear jeans when it's hot. As you can imagine, it can be quite uncomfortable. Yeah. So that's why the likes of Levi's reported that sales were down during these hot weather months. Yeah. So it had an impact on revenue for the latest quarter and it missed expectations. So it is dragging down its, I guess, full year outlook. Right. Yeah. They, in fact, they've also been trying to encourage shoppers to buy even more as well. Levi cut its prices on six items sold at a wholesaler in the US, including on men's 502 and 512 jeans. And many of those cuts began to take effect for shoppers as early as August as well. Are you a fan of Levi jeans though, Ryan? Um, I actually don't pair Levi, so I don't suppose I qualify as a fan, but mm. um, I wouldn't mind it. Mm. So I'm pretty neutral. So you point out the US going through some discounts. Yeah. And I think it's a reflection of how the US consumer market for Levi's is slightly different from the international market, which commands a bit more premium yeah. and the US is a bit more mass market. Mm. So that, I think, is uh, one of the considerations when you take into account the appetite for spending on Levi's in the US at least, which has yeah. been lagging behind in terms of growth versus international markets. Mm, interesting. All right, thanks for that, Ryan. Now, going to into the holiday season, with many Western countries experiencing winter, do you expect people to start wearing more jeans? Do you expect to wear more jeans, Ryan? Well, that could be a possibility, but I'm not sure if that will translate to an increase in sales because mm. most people would be happy with the jeans they already have. And That's my true. jeans have been around for years. Mm. Yeah, which brings to mind how often you wash your jeans, which yeah. is, well, I'm not going to say it, but... Um, oh, that doesn't sound good, Ryan. don't wash their jeans for years. Oh, yeah. To keep the pristine... Yeah. 
look of it, right? The washed look. It has to do with the uh, the wearing in of the jeans. The in, yeah. yeah, it kind of like shapes into your own leg, right? So it's customized in a sense after you went to, after you want it with the sweat and the way you walk yeah. and everything. So mold itself to your body shape. Exactly. How often or when was the last time you washed your jeans? Okay, my jeans, I wash it quite often. I wash it once every week, I think. All right. Because all right. I'm usually out and about, so I sweat quite a bit. Uh, what about yourself, Ryan? Uh, Let's be honest here. <laughs> not as frequent as you. I'll just leave you as that. <laughs> okay. Doesn't sound so good, Ryan. Uh, let's make sure you, maybe this weekend you can consider washing your jeans as well. <laughs> but let's bring this conversation over to the currency market. Now, for all the uncertainty rattling the stock and bond markets, there is something of a consensus that's beginning to form around the dollar. And that is as long as the Federal Reserve is on track to keep interest rates elevated, it is likely to drift even higher or at least through the rest of this year. Ryan, what do you make of this view? And what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, perspective does this paint of the global economy? Yeah, let's talk about the dollar. Uh, it has been strengthening quite a bit in the past few months or even years. Yeah. Uh, if you look at, for example, where we are right now for the dollar index in the past month, it's up one3 is now trading at 106.44. And of course, the big reason behind it is the rates. The treasury yields have been climbing Mm. and supporting a stronger dollar. So this is likely to continue based on expectations um, that Bloomberg has compiled around some of the analysts' uh, expectations. So among them, you've got the likes of uh, Rabobank and this is where they are predicting that at least the dollar versus the euro is going to see it continue to strengthen Mm. and the euro to drop to 1.02 right now it's 1.05 so if you look at Nomura's forecast they are saying that a euro could even drop to parity with the US dollar by Mm. well the end of the year so something that's going to be closely watched as we look at how much the Federal Reserve indicates it might raise rates and how much it eventually does. So that will support a stronger dollar. And if you look at Goldman Sachs, Mm. uh, the dollar versus the yen. Right now, we are seeing it just slightly under 149. And if you look at where it is expected to go, according to Goldman Sachs, they expect the yen to drop to 155 per dollar. Ooh. We just saw it breach 150 earlier this week. Yeah. And of course, already versus a sing dollar, it was at a record low. Mm. So good news for those going to Japan. It might be, well, cheaper to go there. Yeah, time to plan a trip to Japan. Thanks for that, Ryan. Now, what would the dollar's resurgence mean for the rest of the world then? I suppose... Um, it has a couple of implications. One is a lot of things are priced in US dollars. So commodities among them, yeah. some goods as well and some borrowing costs. So mm. a stronger dollar would mean when you repay, uh, quite likely your home currency and your profits would be to some extent um, be diminished. And mm. then when you repay it, it would mean at higher rates down the road. So that's one issue that will be a factor. Mm. And of course, um, a stronger dollar for American companies in America, maybe it could see profits um, amplified if they make most of the money overseas and then bring it back 
into yeah. the US. So mm. you have the amplification for earnings. So that's uh, among some of the issues to keep an eye out for. But of course, a stronger dollar uh, has wider implications um, in terms of how much economic pain it can cause other countries um, because of the borrowing costs we mentioned about. Mm. Do you see the possibility of other countries, central bank, just intervening to prop up maybe their currency as well? Yeah, so that's the thing. When the dollar is stronger, you have pressure on Asian central banks to keep in step with a stronger dollar so that their own currencies don't get too weak. Yeah. So if one country, for example, is trying to deal with inflationary problems, it has to raise rates. Mm. Um, that is uh, going to be something they have to factor into uh, account. Um, if you raise rates too much, then your economic outlook might get affected because uh, it will affect how much people might borrow at home and you have this balancing act that's going to be quite tough for them to figure out or calibrate if the dollar continues to strengthen too fast at least. Very tough balancing act here. Thanks a lot for that, Ryan. Now we're going to play a very simple game of up or down and it's very, very, very simple. All you got to do is to guess whether a stock or a topic is going to be an up or down. Ryan, Friday's edition, are you ready? Let's go. First one on the, on the list, we've got Dell. Yeah, Dell's going to be a down for me because it's signaling that the AI boost that some market watchers are hoping to see will perhaps take longer to materialize. So that's not um, helpful for investors because the revenue coming from anything AI might not come anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, AI demand has recently emerged as a bright spot for a lot of companies, especially Dell. After several quarters of sales declined due to lower digital spending and for them to, to to seem a little conservative given the recent AI tailwinds doesn't seem like a very good thing for Dell. I'm going to go with the down as well. Next up on the list, we've got MGM Resorts International. All right, let's go with MGM with a down because of a computer hack. It's going to cost them $100 million in lost profit for the third quarter. Ooh. So... That's not going to be good news for the earnings. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, it's quite steep, actually. I mean, they don't believe that the perpetrators that obtained the customer's banks or bank account information, uh, they don't know if this is going to be able to recuperate whatever they've lost so far as well. They incurred about $10 million in costs fighting the attack. So $100 million in total of losses from, from the hackers attacked. That doesn't sound like good news for MGM. I'm going to go with a down as well. Let's move on over to G- General Motors. All right. GM is a down for me. It's a bit of a double whammy because already it's facing the auto workers strike and now it has to deal with uh, a possible costly airbag recall. Mm. So this is around um, some reports that it's inflating wrongly, so it might have to recall them back. Recalling about 1 million vehicles due to the problem. That's a lot of vehicles right there, Ryan. I'm going to go with a down 
for GM as well. Next on the list, we've got Hyundai and Kia. All right, I'm going with an up for me because they are adopting Tesla's EV charging technology next year. So jumping hmm. on the Tesla bandwagon among those already on board are Ford and General Motors. So I'm going with up is probably more good news for Tesla because yeah. you've got more backing for it. Mm, yeah, exactly. I think we should have gone with uh, Tesla instead because this collaboration marks another milestone for the company and it shows how people are adopting EV very well all across the world. Now, Ryan, last on the list, your favorite, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour concert mm. film. No surprises that she is doing well when it comes to concert sales. Mm. And this is where AMC has been planning to screen the concert in the theatres. And those tickets are already raking it big time. $100 million in US dollars cash. So this is on the uh, opening weekend projections. And this is a very... What what I say? The Taylor Swift effect. Mm. The uh, film has not hit cinemas yet. It's not showing anywhere yet. But already the advanced ticket sales have surpassed the takings for many typical movies. Mm. Yeah, it's... uh I mean, talk about loyalty of a fans and expect the demand for the movie to exceedingly to be exceedingly high since the film was announced and the box office analysts could projected that the film could rake in about a hundred million dollars for the weekend. Ryan, will we be watching this? Maybe when it comes to Netflix. I'm not sure about buying advanced tickets to go to a cinema to watch a concert. I'm not sure if the experience is the same. <laughs> It's a it's a strange phenomenon. I mean, watching a concert in a cinema, close enough, I suppose. But yeah, I'm going to go with an up for Taylor Swift's Eras Tour concert film. All right, thanks for that, Ryan. Now, last word of the day goes to an AI app that people's using these few days. And apparently, these like uh, just recently, people are posting AI-generated yearbook pictures with the app called Epic, and that's a free-to-download photo editing app. Have you tried those kind of AI, um, AI style not app, right? Yeah, I'm not so trendy. So I've seen it around on Instagram. People trying to yeah. uh, get on the trend and morph themselves into different looks and yeah. clothes. I suppose. Uh, have you tried it yet? I haven't actually tried it yet, um, but I might try it over the weekend because it's quite interesting. It's de- developing, you know, like. 90s style yearbook photo edit, you know, and a lot of people have been using it all over Instagram and TikTok as well. I wonder what it I would look like. Yeah, it's very tough to trust photos these days. You don't know what's real and what's not. It's yeah, so convincing. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of which, you know, just the other day I was listening to um, AI generated songs. Or more specifically, AI using like the, for example, Michael Jackson's voice. Mm. And then using AI to warp his voice right. into another song, yeah. And it's a—I'm uh, not gonna lie—it actually sounds really, really good. Uh, there was even one with Michael Jackson singing in Japanese. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah. So a lot of um, potential use and misuses. You can imagine. So exactly. Quite scary. Yeah, but Ryan. AI Ryan could even sing uh, Winnie Houston's uh, My Heart Will Go On. Yeah, perhaps one day. Perhaps, uh, of course, uh, maybe an AI DJ replacing your show one day. There we go, Ryan. 
our jobs. It's going to be cannibalized, sadly. But we will hope to catch you again next Monday, same time, same place. Thanks for joining us this week, uh, this Friday, Ryan. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Meanwhile, continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.